Gamers, rise up! Bottom text. Hey, what's up, ladies and gentlemen of YouTube, Boogie290D, coming at you live once again through the power of the internet. This is the Big Stack Podcast official episode number one. Now, if you've heard the previous episodes, um, you will know that those are just practice episodes because they weren't great. We didn't have warmed up. We didn't have a cool logo. We didn't have a cool Patreon. We didn't have anything. We didn't even know what we were doing. Okay, but now I didn't we know who I was. I still don't know who I am. I know who you guys are. I'm Batman. Oh, I am joined as usual with the folks over at Big Underscore Breakfast on Twitch. This is my good friend Jacob. What's up, Jacob? Hello, I'm Jacob. How you doing tonight, Jacob? I'm not Jacob. I shouldn't wave when we're in. Don't, yeah, people are, well, I mean, the <laughs> audio version, I guess it doesn't matter, right? And of course, joined with my good friend, Ellis. Ellis, how was your week? How was oh, your Christmas? Yeah, that, one, that one's me. Yeah. Hi, my week was great. My Christmas was great. I went and saw my mom. She gave me a ham for Christmas. Mm, why why did she give you a ham? I don't understand I don't that. Know. Honestly, okay, that's not that unusual. Plenty of, like, employers give their employees hams. Uh... <coughs> Okay. That's not really the relationship my mom and I have. Apparently, she thinks so. You're an the excellent worker. Part, Enjoy your ham. She wrapped it. Like, I had to unwrap it, and it was in, like, bumblebee wrapping paper. <laughs> That's weird. I cooked it today. It's really good. Here's here's a, here's a true Christmas story. So, back in the day, I used to do, uh, a lot of people know this, some people don't. I used to do adult web design, and I would do like search engine optimization with these adult companies and stuff. And one company I was working with, um, they decided that for a lot of the people that were doing direct work for the company, they would send out a Christmas bonus. So, uh, early on, like in the beginning of December, I got some Harry and David uh, stuff delivered, not a sponsor. Um, but they, they wonderful gifts, wonderful food, just really good stuff. And it was like a big, giant $200, $300 box of stuff. And it was amazing. I ate it through all of December. And then I, I packed up my car, and on the 22nd, I drove to see my mom for Christmas. And about an hour after I left, a second package from that company showed up. And it was a lobster gram. Two live wow. lobsters, a oh. boiling pot, some butter, some uh, lemon juice, uh, two giant steaks. Now, here's the thing. It was my crappy old apartment that I, just one of the very first places I ever lived in this little broke-down ghetto place, just miserable place. Um, and I wasn't going to be home until after the first. So those lobsters were not going to survive. So my roommate and best friend Chad called me and he's like, what do I do with these lobsters? I'm like, I don't know, man. I guess eat them? Like, I, they're not going to survive, right? Like, we have a saltwater tank to put them in. He's like, nope. So I never, I've to this day, I've still not had a complete full lobster. And I was given two free lobsters. <laughs> That's I'm, not where I expected this story no, to No, I'm so upset because I want those lobsters so bad. And I was like, well, next year I'll get another lobster gram. No, I, I, my business failed in the next year. So I didn't, I wasn't like, you know, basically we opened the uh, internet to India. And then the people who were doing web design in America for like $500, there were people in India doing the same web design for like 50 bucks. So I just couldn't compete. But. You know that like you can just go buy a lobster, right? They'll sell them. I'm not going to. You don't now, need like a permit or a Out license. of principle, I want free Lobsters? What am I going to go to? Lobster? Name a place that even sells lobsters. There's not a place. I mean, you can get them on the black market, the lobster black market. Yeah. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Like, okay, there's not. Like, if you could get them so easy, there would be like a restaurant named after it or something, right? Surprisingly, Red Lobster doesn't serve lobster. No, they, they do take that? Bitcoin though. What? They take Bitcoin? 
Yeah, you can uh, you can get Bitcoin. You can get uh, biscuits for Bitcoin. Are we supposed to talk about video games, Jacob? What did How you? How many did you give? Does one Bitcoin buy? How many what? Shrimps does one Bitcoin buy? Mm. Do, you think? Do you think a lot? Jumbo shrimp or like popcorn average, shrimp? Average size shrimp. I don't know. You can't buy average size shrimp. I'm actually coming to the conclusion that there are no average size. Yeah, there's shrimp. only large. There well, only there's, jumbo. there's jumbo, there's and, jumbo and, right. and those are the two popcorn. sizes it comes in. Yeah. All right. We want to let's talk about video games. Well, Jacob, what, what did games. what did you give for Christmas? That's an interesting question. Asking what you give oh, for Christmas like is never that interesting, but asking what you give for Christmas that's interesting. So, what did you give for Christmas, Jacob? I gave my fiance a printer and a big Hufflepuff flag. Oh, nice! And cool. an art easel. Awesome. I gave uh, some close family members some nice beef jerky and some nice scarves some gift cards bunch of stuff bunch of little stuff i didn't give anything for christmas this year but um one girl gave me chlamydia so that was nice mega chlamydia so that's well nice. it, it you know it's mega media <laughs> giving's the uh reason for the season so right yeah. uh that's a real christmas spirit we did have a christmas party on the 22nd had everybody come over and hang out and we played a lot of smash brothers can we talk about smash brothers before we start Please. griping so for those of you who are wondering what the topic of this uh episode is going to be we're going to talk about the worst moments in gaming in 2018 some of the worst games uh, but we've already talked about the best games, but I want to talk about the worst moments. Uh, there'll be a companion video on my main YouTube channel about this as well, griping about the worst moments in gaming. But I figured this would be a, a larger talk. But before we start crapping on the gaming industry, let's give it a little love. Krom is really powerful. I've been playing him all night. That dude is insane. He is fast, and he hits like a truck. He's like That's technically true. heavy. Yeah. And, like, people tell me he's better than Roy because, Roy, you have to have, like, hit location depending on, like, where you hit him on the sword. But that doesn't work that way for Krom. He just has less damage, but it, it's but unilateral. It's consistent. It's consistent. Yeah, that's how so... Lucina used to work. I was really enjoying Bowser for a while. Who have you decided to main, Ellis? Have you pick anybody yet? Oh, we Fit Trainer, 100%. She's, like, oh, the Baldo so of Smash. I fucking love it. And this guy just basically, when we play stock, he just hides in a corner and just... That is not even and close heals. to heals. That's not all 20. he does. He just heals. That's not true. That's, that's not true. That's absolutely not true. And you know it. Did you put that evil on me, Ricky? That Bobby? is true. I've literally, I, and you only heal for like 1% too. Yeah, it's 1%. But it's, it's, all, it's all he's doing. Ever. He's over there just healing for 1%. I'm not doing that. I'm in there. I'm getting you with the soccer ball. I'm giving him the knee. Jacob, have you picked your main? Salute the sun. Oh, it's, uh, I picked it a long time ago, Villager. Oh, I'm yeah. Not play Villager. I like Isabel. Not villager. She's not villager. Is my problem with Isabel. But Isabel is really adorable. I really, I, I, for some reason, the internet and you can Google this. Um, if you find porn, I apologize, but you can Google this. They have decided to pair Snake with Isabel, and so there's all these like for that porn. No, I mean I've definitely seen it though. But there's like Snake and Isabel, and Isabel's like super cute from the Animal Crossing series. Um, and then you've got. Snake, who's obviously, you know, Super cute a mass murderer, a monster, oh. you know, from Metal Gear. And they, he, he, does, he, is a, he is a mass murderer. I, I personally killed like 10,000 people with Snake. So the point that I'm making is they, they have all these great photos of like them having tea together, which is adorable, right? But then there's also like Isabel in stealth mode, like holding a knife in her mouth and stuff. That was on Reddit just a, like a day ago. What is happening? What is the internet? Why, why that unfortunate pairing? I don't understand. I think it's great. I think, I think it's, it's great. I think they hang out together. Decision works perfectly. They're they're friends. Yeah, it's just it's just weird. It's just weird. But it is I, I gotta say I've enjoyed the game. 
Um, the social aspect is still great. Online, I've heard they fixed it, but I haven't gone back to try. I do have to say, the spirit mode just keeps me playing, man. I like all the little weird modes, like uh, suddenly I'm giant, and suddenly they're invincible, and then suddenly you take 100 damage for no good reason. Like, it's weird, but it's yeah. it's fun collecting stickers. I'm up to 500 stickers now. Yay. Oh, my God. That's a lot. And the whole, like, weekend event thing, like, this weekend, it was like, hey, gather as many uh, Mario stickers as you can, and we'll slowly feature Mario stickers. So it's such a cool idea, because there's a lot of stickers you can only find through the events. So if you're a completionist, Gerard, I wonder if Gerard's getting every sticker. Oh, God, if he has to complete Smash Ultimate, can you imagine? We're talking about Gerard Butler. Talking about Gerard, yeah, the completionist, not Gerard Butler. (laughs) What?! The completionist, the YouTuber, the completionist. Uh, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. I could have sworn that Gerard Butler was a huge Smash fan. He probably is. Jack Black has a gaming channel now. Are you aware of this? Oh, okay. Has no gaming videos on it. He <laughs> currently has two videos, the first of which is him announcing he's got a gaming channel. Okay. And the second video is him celebrating getting one million subscribers. Wow. <laughs> Way to go, Jack Black. Hell Yeah. Sounds like he's doing it right. He's got more subs than we us. Are, we're doing it wrong over on this channel. Yeah, because we don't have anywhere near a million. Uh, speaking, nope. of, speaking of which, by the way, guys, uh, the podcast has now moved. And if you're watching this right now and you're not aware, the podcast has now moved to its own home here on YouTube uh, at the Big Stack. So hit subscribe, hit that like button, leave a comment, let us know. Interact with it so YouTube will turn on monetization and we can earn pennies. Pennies. Actual I'm pennies. Excited. Actual pennies. I cannot Actual wait for pennies. And if uh, you guys are listening so far, by the way, this stream is brought, uh, this uh, podcast is brought to you by the folks like you over at Patreon. We now have a Patreon as well. The Patreon will be linked in the description box below. We already have, I think it's up to 14 patrons. We're now mm-hmm. generating a couple of dozens of dollars a month, which I'm going to tell you something. It's that's not, hundreds of pennies. Yeah, that's hundreds of pennies. It's way more than uh, we're ever going to earn through AdSense or anything like that. There's a dollar tier for those of you who just want access to the feed. Um, for those of you who want uh, easy access to the RSS, it'll be there as well. Uh, of course, we're going to put this on Spotify. We're going to put it on iTunes. We're going to put it on um, SoundCloud. It'll be available audio only as well. Um, and that'll be accessible to anybody. But if you really like what you're, we're doing here and you want to throw some money at us, we will gladly take it. These guys are hoping to make a living out of this very podcast right here, and I'm hoping to help them do it. So we're ready to tackle that topic. Is that everything we want to get out of the way before we start taking so. a steaming dump on the gaming industry? Oh, man, it's going to be a big one. Make sure you're sending your weird questions to this email address right here. Oh, yeah. Don't forget, uh, as usual, we do have an email address. You'll find it in the description box below. It's also getting posted in Twitch chat as we're filming this live. You got a weird question? You got a thing you want to talk about? Um, the weirder, the better. And we will list that at the end of the uh, at the end of the podcast. Okay, so Let's I have a list of friend. really bad moments. Ooh, and it just makes me mad looking at this list. They uh, ain't great moments. No. I want to start off with something a little lighter. And that was uh, my, my good friend Cliff Blazinski, Cliffy B, shutting down Boss Key Productions. Hmm. Um, Rough. W- yeah, Lawbreakers d- dropped in August the 8th, 2017, and failed pretty utterly. Yeah. Um, it was trying to cash in on the whole Overwatch thing. And then... They decided to try to cash in on the whole Battle Royale thing with a game called Radical Heights. Yep. And they put it in what they called extreme early release. Like it yeah. extreme early release. Didn't even have all the art yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which was, was really rough. 
Yeah, had that game been in production for like two years, as long as Lawbreakers was, and came out at about that right time, I feel like they had some really cool ideas. The whole running man idea behind it and the way it felt. And like, why was there bicycles in it? That was weird, but they were. Because it was radical. Yeah, and like the whole the whole game show aspect was really fun. I really felt like that could have went somewhere. Um, but unfortunately, sure. yeah, they just didn't have the money left. Um, I'm sure if they could have got a cash surge off of Radical Heights, it might have... Uh, no, the the good the, the good part about this is, is Cliffy seems happy for the first time since I've known the guy, and I barely know him. We just talk a little bit on on Twitter, but now that he's retired from the gaming industry, he seems like he's not as miserable as he used to be. Good, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so that's kind of nice. Um, but uh, can we get F's in chat? Can we get an F in chat for for <laughs> for Radical Heights and Lawbreakers and Boss Key Productions? This what will play you- great on audio only. Yeah. Uh, what did you yeah. think about what did you think about um, Radical Heist? Did either of you try it? OK, so actually, I have thoughts on, on both of these games. Uh, I thought Lawbreakers was a pretty solid game that was pretty fun. And it just kind of like they gave up on it a little bit. And then uh, it kind of became a meme that nobody plays that game. And I think that weirdly hurt the game. I think people weren't playing it because they thought nobody was playing it. It's a pretty solid game. Yeah. Uh, Radical Heights is like you said, it's just, it was too early, right? Like it was hard to tell what that game was because it just felt like really, really bad battle royale stuff. And it wasn't fully realized. Yeah. Well, the servers are offline now, so it, you know, they'll never be fully realized lawbreakers as well. I would say that yeah. lawbreakers tried to be the hardcore version of try to be the hardcore version of overwatch. Um, the problem is competing with overwatch okay. was difficult. Um, and you couldn't predict the fact that Fortnite uh, was about to take over the industry. Couldn't take a, you couldn't really tell that that's all going to be battle royales for the next year. Um, but I'll say the thing with Lawbreakers is it just didn't have the charm of Overwatch. The characters all kind of yeah. felt samey and looked samey. And when I played it, and I played it in the early beta, Cliffy got me an early beta invite, it was just too difficult for me. I, the gravity shifting and the, the lasso the, and the, the rope slinging and what is happening? <clears throat> Right, like if you got very good at that game, but then again, I don't really have the skill to play Fortnite. I can't be building while shooting. I can barely shoot, you know. So I mean, I, it was definitely. I, I feel like it didn't have the the entry level that Overwatch did, which just about anybody could play Overwatch, you know. Yeah, Overwatch is super appealing, right? I mean, like you said, all of those characters are charming. They're interesting. They have a lot of personality to them. The game is easy to pick up and play. Blizzard is really good at making games that feel like that. Hearthstone is the greatest example, right? Right. Well, we should be careful because I want to crap all over Blizzard, but I'm saving that one for the end because I got about <laughs> a half-hour block to just take out on Blizzard right now. Um, but let's talk oh, a little wait. bit. Let's talk. We're going to talk about Radical Heights. Let's talk about Battle Royales. So Battle Royales have officially taken over. They have, and I kind of can't Debatable. believe that the audience is wide enough to support as many of them as there are, right? Considering how many people play Fortnite, it seems like it might be growing too quickly too fast and we're going to see a crash absolutely though i will tell you i went to the game awards and while i was at the game awards i spoke to the head of epic and we talked about fortnite and about some of his plans moving forward and how he plans to like reinvent the game as it starts to fail a little bit and just keep adding new stuff and doing new stuff and i really think that guy knows what he's doing I really do. Like, I really feel like he he's going to continue to dominate the industry. 
you know, and we got a lot of people who are like mad at Ninja right now and saying he's like a terrible face for streamers and stuff like that. And we, we got a lot of controversies in the, the field and like a lot of people love to hate on Fortnite right now, but they just continue to make money hand over fist. It's just insane. And it is finally like a cultural thing. It is the Minecraft of Battle Royales. Um, the problem is, how many Minecraft clones was there? How oh, many? there are still thousands. <laughs> right. And so yeah. now, how many Battle Royales do we have to deal with? How many, can I can name five that failed this year. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. off the top of my head, you've got, uh, what was the, the one where it was prisoners out in the, the you know, the field. Was the, the one by the guys who make... Um, Oh, jeez, I can't think of the name of that game right now. The one... I can name five. Well, the one that had, like, Nazi tattoos that they removed one. from the game. Then there's... Are you thinking about... Is that Escape from Tarkov? Or is that the other one with an S? The oh, yes, Scum. It was Scum. Scum, that was the, yeah. yeah. Scum. The one where you could poop off a cliff, because that's what I did. I just kept pooping off cliffs. Wow, great. Yeah. Sounds then, like great gameplay. Which was really... is It was more of a survival game, I guess, now that I think about it. But yeah, like, I didn't play Scum, so I don't yeah, know anything but, about but it. But then uh, The Culling 2, which was out for about three days <laughs> <laughs> before they went, oops, we have completely failed. <laughs> Fuck um, But so many... I don't know. Like, we, we've seen officially, I feel like, the death of the survival genre this year. Uh, whether it was something oh, yeah, like We Happy time. Few or Scum... Or uh, State of K2. I feel like after all those failures, I think we've finally seen the end of the survival genre. Maybe. I and, mean, people will still be messing with it a little bit here and there. And I think we'll see the end of... Uh, I, say, I think we'll see the end of Battle Royales probably by the end of 2019, hopefully. I think there'll be well, enough people who've decided to clone it and copy it. We see Call of Duty try to, try to do it, and I will be honest with you, Blackout is the best mode in the new Call of Duty. Hmm. Um, but that's not saying much. You know, that's like saying, this piece of corn is the best part of this turd. <laughs> So I, I don't I don't know about that. I, I think that the blackout mode is like pretty reasonable as far as battle royale games go. If you like that genre, that is a quite good example of it. It's, oh yeah, it is. It's it, polished. I, right. It's very playable. It would have been kind of nice. Like that. It would have been kind of nice if it was free, um, like the battle royale version of it. Because that's the thing that really frustrates me about all of this. Right? Is we have all of these companies trying to clone uh, Fortnite's business model. And that goes to the whole Battle Pass thing. And I know a lot of people think the, the guys over at Epic uh, with Fortnite coined the Battle Pass, but I think there were a few companies that had done something similar to a Battle Pass yeah. before. I mean, yeah, D- Dota. Right. Dota 2. Dota, right. Dota 2. Sorry, yeah. But now we're even seeing, what is the, the soccer game with cars? Uh, Rocket League has a Battle Pass. Rocket League, League has, has a Battle has Pass. A battle pass. Um, so I think that a Battle Pass and a free-to-play game is perfectly fine, right? That's a decent way to monetize yeah. your game. Right. Uh, it's not that bad, but whenever a full price game also has a battle pass and paid DLC, that's mm-hmm. a bit it's greedy. Monstrous. Right, a bit is not fair. It's it's monstrous. Which is it? I mean, the whole idea of battle passes is is fine, but if I'm paying sixty dollars for a game and then I'm paying for DLC and then you want me to pay for a battle pass and then you also want me to pay for microtransactions, what are you trying to do to me? I only have so much money for the love of God, and I'm me. What about the person who's working paycheck to paycheck who has $100 a month to spend on gaming? What are you trying to do to these people? I, I just, Every I, game wants to be the only game that you play, right? Right, which they is... They want to cash in on that WoW shit, where WoW was like, well, you know, $15 a month, but, you know, it's the only game that you need to play. Yeah, $15 a month. I would kill for some of these games to only want $15 a month for me. If that was the most I could spend... On Call of Duty, once you spend fifteen dollars, you have everything this month. Yeah, that would be great, but it's not an option. But at least Fortnite has the uh, the common sense to just give the game away. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. You know, like I am not going to complain how you add microtransactions to your game if your game is free. I probably won't unless, you know, as long as it's cosmetic only, you know, but for the love of God. Yeah, I, I, I can't believe this industry thinks we can support games as a service, full price games with DLC, with microtransactions and now battle passes. What are you trying to do? Get every bit of our money. Yeah, right. They're doing question, what they're designed question, to do, which question. is try to find out exactly how much money we are willing to give them. And there are people out there who are willing to give them a lot of money mm-hmm. and they want to try to get that from everyone. Right. Absolutely. I, I see somebody in chat like $100 a month to play video games. I wish I had $100 a month. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So I just I, I just can't understand it. So I, I, a lot of people want to pin this on Fortnite and they want to pin uh, all this stuff on Fortnite. But no, the industry was like this long before Fortnite came along. And it'll be like that long after Fortnite is gone. It, it re- until we as consumers right. stop agreeing with it. Until right. we actually vote with our wallets and say, no, 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 that you're asking too much. The game looks cool. I'm not going to pay that much for it. Because Overwatch did it with skins. They were the ones who really, really pushed. They weren't the first people to do loot boxes by far. There's plenty of mobile games that did it. But they were the first person that did it in a $60, you know, direct-to-consumer game that wasn't free-to-play. And I fell for it, too. I was opening opening, uh, boxes getting skins early on because it's just cosmetic. Mm -hmm. Um, But, man, there's a certain point where, yeah, they just, just sell me the skin, for God's sakes. Just give me, for five bucks, sell me the game. Sell me the fucking skin, right? Someone, I saw a video on YouTube, and I, I want to shout out this video. I think you guys should watch it. It was trying to explain the difference between Artifact and Hearthstone using food, right? And it was really oh, interesting. Yeah, because like the, the description, basically, I don't want to ruin the video for you. I forget who posted it. If I could remember the, the account who posted it, I think you'd love it. But he's like, look, whenever you want to play your average video game, right, it's like you go and you order a piece of food that you want to eat, Right. Um, and you're like, I want, I want this hot dog. But the way Hearthstone and Artifact monetize their game is you show up and you give them $10 and then they just give you like five random foods and the food you might want to eat might be in there and it might not, you know, uh, but, uh, at least Hearthstone lets you, uh, lets you actually turn back your food in for 25% off and then eventually use that new money to finally buy the food that you wanted to get. Um, Artifact allows you to just set up a farmer's market out front and sell the foods you got at random, right? Yes. And so that's a better system because, uh-huh. you know, and they take 5% off of the, the resale from the farmer's market, which is an interesting way of doing it, right? Um, you can also visit those other farmer's markets and buy the food you want. Right. But yeah. how But how about just sell me a copy of Leroy Jenkins? Is that a thing we can do? Can I just buy the cards I want? How about how about this? How does this sound crazy? For the new magic, for the new Hearthstone expansion, for just fifty bucks, sell me a full set. Is that a is that, sell me a, sell me a full playset? I would do that in a heartbeat. Why are we not doing that? Because that doesn't make them the maximum amount of money, right? Mm-hmm. And I can they make a bunch of money off of people buying a lot of packs. What's really interesting is the system finally bit them in the butt because I have enough gold and dust equity every set now to where I don't even have to buy packs. I just craft the sure. cards I need. I finally, you know, dry, ground uh, an out every day. It is possible once you put five hundred dollars into the game. Now was, you're done. I was about to say <laughs> you, know? you play on a daily basis almost, and yeah. there's a lot of people out there who play ten hours a week, maybe, so they don't have that option. Exactly. And they sit down and they have to spend two hundred dollars exactly. to get all the cards that they want. The other thing, for those of you who have not played Artifact, Artifact is a very complicated game. So the best part about the video, I think, is he's like, if 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 you want to sit down and play Hearthstone, it's very simple. Say, imagine you wanted to cook dinner for your girlfriend and you were choosing Hearthstone as, you know, the, 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 the model. What you would do is you would just fix, say, grilled chicken, 
right? Because it's super easy and it comes out the same almost every time, just a little bit different, right? You take grilled chicken, you take chicken, you season it, you grill it, you serve it, there you go. You've made grilled chicken. It was, and they, the comparison there is that Hearthstone is very simple. And you know the ingredients, you know what it's going to be like every time you play it. Meanwhile, Artifact is like trying to make her grilled chicken, uh, fresh hummus, and an entire turkey all at the same time on mm. three different tables making three different meals in the hopes that she'll either like two of the meals or really, really like one of the meals. <laughs> and that's because you have to either win two lanes in Artifact or one lane in Artifact, you know, dominating it. And it's like, why would you choose to try to do that? It's just so much more complicated. But it's a really smart video. It's, it's really, it's really fun. Yeah. You guys should play Artifact. Then there'll be ten of us instead of the nine. But when it comes to skins... I have enough to do a draft. When, when it comes to skins, just sell me the skin, please. I get it with card games. I get it. Am I wrong? Well, uh, no, you're absolutely right, but that's not going to happen. No. Right. Because all of these companies are designed to make the maximum amount of money possible. And if every company is out there looking at FIFA as an example, they're going to want every game to make them millions of dollars a year. Mm -hmm. uh, like, year after year. And until the system changes, this is how it's going to work. Right. Right. We certainly can vote with our dollars, but that's asking a lot sometimes. And that's what I'll continue to do. I'm going to continue to give to companies like um, the folks who made God of War, who make a complete game with no DLC. If you played God of War, for those of you who have played God of War, they literally have two or three chapters in that game that are clearly meant to have been DLC. They just chose to give them to you for some reason. The whole mists yeah. gathering thing where you just go into like a, it's like a roguelike kind of thing where you go into the mists and go for as long as you can and gather as many mists as you can and come back and craft better armor with it. That clearly could have been DLC. That clearly could have been sectioned out as part of a, a DLC season pass. And instead, it's just in the game. Here it is. Have it. Maybe it was even developed that way, and if I ever get a chance to speak with them about it, I would love to have them answer that, even just in private. But I'm 98% sure that some of that stuff was developed to be DLC, but they're like, no, no need. This game is going to sell well enough. So go buy God of War, even if you buy it on sale now, because it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Spider-Man, um, its DLC was short and uh, definitely developed by the time the game was done. Um, so not a perfect example, but a little bit better. A little mm -hmm. bit better. Because I still, I still, there's only a maximum amount of money I can spend on Spider-Man, and that's about a hundred bucks, and it's worth a hundred bucks. So I bought the DLC for Spider-Man. Haven't had the chance to play it yet, and I guess I'll continue to sink money into Magic: The Gathering Arena because I'm an idiot. <laughs> because there's well, a, it's a game you enjoy it, I right? Mean, I sure. I, the, I will say a lot of people complain about how far money goes in Magic: The Gathering Arena, but I have spent two hundred dollars on Magic: The Gathering Arena, which is like a, a lot of money, a tenth a of, of right, but a tenth of what I would spend on Paper Magic you know, Absolutely. for a new set. And I've almost collected a play set of everything. And I still have gems left, mm -hmm. you know, because I'm drafting every day once or twice and I'm getting to spend an hour, hour and a half playing my favorite game. And I still have gems left over. And I think with the new set, I'll probably put 50 bucks in and get a full play set of it as well. Um, and so that's cheap compared to Hearthstone. And I understand a lot of yep. people don't feel that way. But after playing Hearthstone, um, I do feel like Arena's got a pretty decent, pretty decent business model. Honestly, the crafting system in both of those games gives you this illusion that you're always getting something for what you want. But in Hearthstone, what you're getting is actually quite low. In Magic the in Magic Gathering Arena, it's a little bit higher. Mm -hmm. It's still not as good as what you got in, say, Gwent. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. That's or true. even um, 
was the other one that we used to Eternal. play? Eternal. Eternal is just so generous. It's so stupidly mm-hmm. generous. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you need the epics for the deck, you good luck. <laughs> you know, if you need the, the legendaries or epics or whatever they're called, good luck getting four sand giants or whatever. But um, if you don't need the legends or the epics, I mean, you can craft that deck off of pennies or just a little bit of grinding. And since there are so many modes where you can play against the computer, which is, I still think, something Arena desperately needs. You know, so many modes where you can play against the computer in in um, and get actual Eternal. rewards for and it. get actual rewards for it. Yeah, it's and they they match the computer with your skill level and your deck level. So if yep. you've got a crappy deck, the, your computer's going to have a reasonably crappy deck to fight you with, and it's just yep. great. Um, but hey, yeah. do we want to talk about bad shit in gaming? Because I love card games. Oh yeah. But all right, well let's let let's move on to what I'm just calling the fall of Bethesda. <laughs> The fallout. The fallout. <laughs> yeah, well done, sir. Um, so Bethesda has been kind of pushing their players quite a bit for a while, using an ancient engine for Fallout 4, not having the the customization and design and cool stuff that the previous fallouts had had. And then they announced... I mean, is anybody else annoyed that they've released Skyrim 600 times and they keep expecting me to pay for it? I know. And for full price, too. 60 bucks. For the Switch you, version, right? How can you possibly yeah. expect me to buy your the same game seven times? Right. I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people. Um, I think a lot of people want you to. I think. I think they're thinking some people have never played it. I think that's it. And so let's put it on every system so they can eventually play it. Except they know better. They know better. They, they know, know I bought better. the same game three times, and I've gotten codes for the Switch version. So. Um, but if, forget about that. Let's just talk a little bit about Fallout 76, which has been talked to death. <laughs> but like that's going to be enough. But right. we've really seen we've really seen Bethesda just throw away its goodwill in this last year. Mm-hmm. Whether it was the announcement of Elder Scrolls Blades, which seems to be eternally delayed and will always be. be delayed forever and ever. Apparently, the game is never. I played it at E3. It was a pile of garbage. Right. It looked like shovelware that some crappy third party would you know, shit out for a quick buck. But Fallout 76, I saw a video, Dreamcast guy again, again, I think, but it's talking about why they might have made Fallout 76. And it might be that, you know, Todd knows they need a new engine. And in order to get a new engine, they needed funding. And in order to get funding, they needed to go to their investors and say, look, we've got a cash cow idea for you. We're going to take Fallout online. We're going to get a bunch of money doing it. And then we'll use that money to rebuild the engine. But we need money now to 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 put into this uh into this new engine and then we'll use the money from that as innovation to try to build a new engine for the next few games i don't think that's true i it's a great theory it's a great fantasy but i think since they're already developing their future games on that old engine i don't think that was ever the intent i think it was just a cash grab it feels like that and i hate that it feels like that right because i i want to like bethesda i want to like you guys but all of their responses to the hate that they've gotten, all of their responses to how poorly the game has been received, just reinforce the idea that, oh, this was just a cash grab. You don't you don't have any passion for this project. You don't have any goodwill or, or, or care for me as a consumer. You just care about my money. And I think what really drives that home is it's not that it feels like an asset flip. It's not that it was buggy. It's that it clearly needed to be delayed. It clearly needed another six months to a year in the oven. And had they had that, I, th- I think people would not have been as hard on it. I really do. I really do. It's just the, the, the first hour of playing just feels bad. It just feels so bad. And then it doesn't get much better. You know? It yeah. doesn't feel like Fallout. 
I, I think the thing that that makes it feel like the biggest cash grab is the Atom Store. Everything yeah. is ridiculously priced for very very little content. Yep, and they they falsely advertise things as discounted prices whenever they put up the the holiday stuff mm -hmm. uh they put it up and immediately it was on sale for half as many atoms but the original price would have put all of that content at almost 60 dollars, which is how much that game costs exactly you could actually buy the game cheaper than that on sale because people aren't buying it mm-hmm and then you have the audacity to lie to me and tell me, hey, we're giving you a great deal on this holiday stuff. If only you just give us 30 bucks. Look, you could, it could be 60, and do you but know, it's only 30. And do you know I would have been okay with that pricing if and only if they followed Fortnite's footsteps and gave us that game for free? And I genuinely cannot understand why that wasn't the plan. If you're going to monetize it where I'm paying $10 for a Santa Claus outfit and 10 more dollars for a, a Mrs. Claus outfit, then you have to give away the game. You have to give away that game. Am I wrong? I, I don't know. I, I miss the days when I could just buy a game for 60 bucks, you know, and then be done with it. It Everything was included. And then maybe a year later, they would come out with some sweet content and I could give them another 30 for that sweet content. Right. I understand that, you know, that's a, a bygone era. We're not going to get that again. Microtransactions are too profitable, but it feels like the greed has increased a hundredfold. It really has. It, you know. And Bethesda and I, I is a shining example of how greedy they're being. And I can't believe that it's like, well, no, we, we're, you know, this is fair. We're doing this because it costs a lot to, to make these games. And it does. It costs a lot to make games. It costs a lot to advertise them, everything involved. Absolutely. But it, you must be seriously misusing your money if that's the finished product. And what's so frustrating about it, and I think, I think this is something that a lot of younger games journalists completely missed when it came to the Fallout 76 outrage. They do not understand that I have been playing Bethesda games since they were in diapers. And Bethesda has always given me such ridiculous bang for my buck. For my $60, $70, $50 price buy-in point, I would get hours and hours of detailed content with giant worlds to explore, with insane replayability that then allowed mods from the modding community to add more content to that game. So it was forever and ever infinite amounts of content for my $60 buy-in. And I get that. I get that that is maybe not a business model that'll work in the current age. I understand it's too expensive. Teams are too big. So then give me a DLC set just like you did with Skyrim. Skyrim was the last good example of Bethesda at its best. And honestly, the DLC for Skyrim wasn't great, you know. Um, there was much better content and mods, but I, I was glad to pay another 30 bucks for that game so that other people didn't have to. So let me pay 90 for it. Let 100 be the limit. It, but you, you honestly can't think that this is the future. The company that gave us such incredible amounts of content for such a low price point cannot be the company that charges $10 for a Santa outfit. You can't be that company and expect us not to complain. I mean, the game barely works, right? That's one of the Santa other things. Santa outfits aside, it's a it's a pile. Yeah, if their game worked and the the store was this expensive, then everybody would just complain about like, ah, this, you know, store is way too expensive. But the fact that it's difficult to play the game, that it it right. doesn't function as intended. What if know? what if they went the Monster Hunter route, and basically oh, just kept did. giving you free content for your original price mm -hmm. buy-in? People would love Fallout seventy six if they did that instead. Yep. 
Yes, they would. But instead, they didn't. Nope. Instead, they did the opposite of, of, of Monster Hunter World. It is a real shame. It's, it's a real shame. And I'm, I'm terrified of what this means for the next Elder Scrolls. I am terrified for what this means for any of their other projects. And I don't even want to look at Elder Scrolls Blades. I, I didn't get to play it at E3, unfortunately. But that brings, me, that brings me on to the next topic, the move to mobile. Yeah. Which, don't get me wrong, I was playing a mobile game as we started right now. I, I, I was playing a game called Looney Tunes something oh, no. mayhem it's one of these gotcha games where you collect oh, no. looney tunes characters and it's not uh-huh. particularly good but i have a rule that if i play your free-to-play game for about a week at the end of that week i will buy one of your intro packages mm-hmm. and then i'll be done and that's pretty much it even if you throw me the best intro package in the world if i'm i'm done i'm gonna spend ten dollars on your game probably and just be done that's my rule um and so I did. I bought a little $10 package that included two farm heroes, and they were great, and I used them to, to buy in the farm, and I'm probably just going to keep grinding at that game. And it's one of those That's... games where it doesn't matter how much money you invest, because um, it doesn't matter how much money you invest, because you're always going to be matched against equal-level content anyway. Mm. right? You're going to be fighting the same people at the same power level in the arena. You're going to be fighting the same NPCs as, as, as the current level anyway. So it doesn't matter that you're maxing out your characters. It's just fun to collect them to me. Sure. What's your what's the rarest Looney Tune you have? Oh, a, what's I think the rarest Looney Tune in the game is it Bugs? I think is it's it, is it I, Big Chungus? I, I do love Big Chungus. He is probably my favorite. I don't. I think he's waiting for an event. I think he's one of the uh, going to be the, the mythic event characters, right? Because right. I yeah, I think my rarest actually is um is probably the witch. I forget her name. The green witch from the oh yeah uh, yeah okay yeah 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 yeah. Uh, and then also it's, really it's, it's really hard to get the monster, the red headed monster from the barber episode. For the, oh, like, yeah, it, he's pretty hard to get. You have to get like the golden tickets on the wheel, which you can only get like one of those a week or something. It's really hard to get. And, you know, <laughs> mobile games, mobile games, right? I mean, um, I play mobile games too. I've been right. playing Brawl Stars so all week. But uh, here's what I don't want to do: I don't want to play Command and Conquer on my phone or on my iPad. Am I wrong? Has anybody played that game? I have played that. Well, sorry, I tried to play <laughs> that game, but it didn't work. I could not get past the tutorial mission. I had to stop the app and relaunch it twice and restart the mission and it hung up at the same spot every time so i uninstalled it reinstalled it tried again got a little bit farther still got hung up on a menu and so i just quit trying and people don't know this about you you do have bad luck with mobile games though well has bad luck with every game right because i will say i do i'll play devil's advocate here a second i did look at it when it hit the iStore or the itunes store mm-hmm. or ipad whatever it is from my ipad and I'm, I'm like maybe i should download this and give it a chance so i can talk about it and i'm like i don't even want to give them the download man i don't i'm just like so mad at it but i looked at the reviews and i don't know if they had it review bombed or like paid for positive reviews but it's like a 4.4 or 4.5 at the time so i guess people don't hate it and that's the thing we're just not your audience ea that's i guess that audience exists out there Right. There's people who want to play that game on mobile. But why does it have to have the Command and Conquer name tied to it? Why does it have to have the Diablo name tied to it? We're not we're not moving. We're not moving to mobile. We are PC players. We are console players. We want to play Command and Conquer on PC. We want to play Diablo on PC. Give us an option to do that and then launch a companion app at the same time. Hey, here's a version of the same game on mobile for the people who want to play that. And no one's going to complain. Sandwich it, you know. Um, and then maybe the one that's on mobile is way more profitable and gets way more downloads and nobody plays it on PC. Now, now you have an excuse. You can always point back and say, Hey, look, we released Diablo four or Diablo five or whatever they're up to now at the same time, you guys just didn't buy it as much. Okay. I get it. I understand. Thanks for giving us the option. 
right? But it, they don't want to give us the option. I, I, we will never get another Command & Conquer PC game. I feel like we never will. I Please prove me wrong, EA. Please prove I me wrong. We probably won't, but I don't think that that's just EA's fault. It's also that people don't really play RTSs, right? Blizzard's probably never going to make StarCraft 3 or Warcraft 4. We're getting a remaster because that's cheaper and easier to, to build, and it's already got an existing IP to build off of, just like this Command & Conquer, Conquer mobile game, just like Diablo Immortal. Right. But building a new IP is expensive and risky. Why would you bother when you already have stuff? Why wouldn't you just keep rehashing the same thing? It's a real shame to me. Um, it's a real shame to me that I will never live to see Warcraft 4. Because <laughs> I would love to buy that. I would love to buy that. I'd love to play it. Give me a battle pass system in it too. I will be okay with that. I, I would like to put money into skins on on Warcraft Four, but I guess it's never coming. We're getting Warcraft Three, and I'm sure there'll be skins and miserable stuff in that as well. And they'll probably find a way to monetize the the custom maps, <laughs> you know, because that was the best part about Warcraft Three is the custom maps. So they'll find a way to yeah. monetize yeah. it. I guarantee it. But you know, the, the thing is, the, the mobile market is gigantic. And mm -hmm. they're going to – this goes back to the same conversation we were having before. Uh, they just want to make the maximum amount of money that they possibly can. They want to squeeze every dime out of us that they possibly can. And uh, it's our job to not let them, to tell them, hey, right. we don't want that. And I'm going to say – encourage so someone to make a, a mobile game that is good. Uh, plenty of people – I want you know the people in chat, I want you guys to answer this. I've played a lot of mobile games. I know that you guys have too. Have you ever played one that you were like, this is a good game? Or were you just that this is a good game for a mobile game? Because that's how I feel about even the best mobile games that I play. The card games I play, I feel like they're really good. Like, this is a okay. good port of an existing game. But mm -hmm. there's never been a mobile game that I was like, wow, this is really fun. It's just this something This is an amazing, to do. unique experience that I'm having a blast. Yeah, it no, just doesn't it's exist. something to do, and maybe mm -hmm. it's a good example of a mobile game. Um, and I can't believe I it. Have, with the technology of phones, with the technology of, of the OS systems that we have now, that it's not possible. Donut County was fun. I was going to say Donut County's great. Florence also was was quite good. But Donut County, though, is also on PC. Mm -hmm. Florence, I think, is only on mobile. Right. There's a couple of um, there's a couple of um, Gorgoa like tower defenses. I really, really enjoyed on on mobile. Like I'm like I'm big into tower defenses. Those are the one that uh, just got a sequel to. But yeah, there's very few. There's very few. It, it's uh, especially because the most profitable stuff. But here, I'm gonna drop the bomb. I'm just gonna like I'm gonna drop all facades and just say that what I genuinely think is the problem. Um, and I know this is a controversial topic, and I don't I don't care. And if you guys get mad at me, that's fine because oh, I think you so. guys get mad at me from time to time. The reason mobile is more profitable is the same reason sports games are more profitable because they don't appeal to entrenched gamers. They appeal to more casual gamers. And so if you look, you'll see that like a large portion of the, the, the mobile market is people who just really started getting into gaming. There's a lot of women who never really owned a console and never really played very many video games there who started playing video games there. There's a lot of kids who never had a console but grew up with an iPad in front of them, right? And they don't really understand that this isn't how it used to be. They don't understand this is how isn't how it's supposed to be this is just how it's always been i every game i've ever played since i started playing mobile games with candy crush this is how it's always been and and i, I yeah you know what i only play one game a year and it's the latest fifa it's the latest madden it's the latest whatever um but that's how it's been for the last 10 years they've had an insane monetization in it and i want to collect my ultimate team i want to collect the same whatever and these guys don't seem to care as much, maybe because they don't spend as much money on on gaming in general, and so it's okay for them to dump one buttload on the one game they play on their phone or the one game they play on their console. 
but I feel it's it's the casuals. It's the casuals, and they they are the they are the they're whales. They are the ones who just throw money at us. Meanwhile, us sharks are throwing a little bit of money everywhere. Here's twenty for you. Here's thirty for you. Here's sixty for you. Um, but we're no longer the target audience because we're going to stop at sixty bucks. Mm-hmm. You know the. The other thing is, is the install base for mobile platforms is insanely high compared to PC and console. Yeah, it's unreasonably high. So, like, it doesn't make sense for them to not market things to be on a mobile platform and be very casual and appeal to the maximum amount of people possible because mm-hmm. that's how they're going to make all their money. Right. And I do. Right. But I do think I, I do think we will see a point where mobile gamers are just like, I'm tired of this being an arcade in my pocket. I'm tired of this being a quarter munching, not quarter munching, dollar munching, hundred dollar mm-hmm. bill munching machine in my pocket. I just want to play a half decent game. And what it will come down to is someone will have to have a really fair monetization on mobile that also is an exceptionally good game that also appeals to casuals. And if that person ever does that, then they won't make very much money. <laughs> All right, because because uh, but hopefully they can set a trend. Hopefully they can set a trend. There's no, got to be that a the happy first person medium. that actually does that will make uh, an obscene amount of money, right? I hope so because the game will also be good. But when when the Looney Tunes game literally asked me to buy a ninety nine dollar package that included four heroes in it, I couldn't have laughed harder. But I know someone has hit that button. I know oh, yeah. someone has hit that. Oh, button. definitely. Who is Definitely. that person? Who is that guy who's like, I really want to get my barber bugs all the way up to five stars today, and it's only going to take a hundy. Who is that person? I, I, what is going on? I don't know. I've never met him. Yeah, I'd like to meet you. If you exist, email have, us but, at the uh, Big uh, Breakfast the Gmail Protection logo. Program. Yeah. Uh, so... We've crapped on mobile games. Let's move on to something else. I think is, before, is a little frustrating. Before oh yeah, we go move ahead. On to the next topic. Yeah. I just want to. I just want to make a big announcement. We're over 100 subs on our YouTube channel, guys. Ooh. Yeah, that's amazing. By the way, guys, don't check. Don't forget to check us out. We are the Big Breakfast on YouTube. We don't have a vanity URL, so you got to search for it. We have now hit. Here's our 100 subscriber special. Thank you. Oh yeah. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you guys. Okay. Uh, so let's talk about a new trend this year. We've seen it a little bit before this year, but this is the first year we saw it across multiple games. The folks who made Just Cause 4, that's Square Enix. Uh, Tomb Raider, that's also Square Enix. Battlefield 5, that's EA. Don't forget about A Quiet Man. Oh, did A Quiet Man pull this? Oh, they, oh, they Square Enix made that. Square oh, Enix yeah. made it. Square Enix made it. Um, Fallout 76, that's Bethesda. All wanted you to pay in advance to either access their beta... Or get to play, quote, end quote, early. Mm-hmm. Either you had to pre-order to, to get Fallout 76 in order to join the beta, which is completely insane to me, or you had to get the non-standard editions of Battlefield, Tomb Raider, or Just Cause in order to access it on what is essentially launch day. Right. Including yeah. Battlefield 5, being one of the most egregious ones of this. I think it was a three, I think it was a full five days, almost a week, if you bought the standard edition to play the game. Now, I get it. These, uh, Battlefield Five has servers, so maybe staggering your servers is the worst decision. Did Tomb Raider have servers? Did no. Just Cause have servers? Come on. Is this really yeah. what we're doing now? We're paying to play our games on time. Mm-hmm. I guess you also get extra content. I guess you get an extra outfit for, you know. Sure, I'm fine paying for extra content, right? That's a decision that I can make. Don't make me wait an extra week when I paid full price for your game. 
And surely this is what they're going to continue to do. EA will probably do it with Anthem. I wonder if Naughty yes. Dog will do it with, with Last of Us 2. Because if they do it with Last of two, Us 2, I'm going to pay it. I'm going to do it. I hate myself, but I will. Because I can't. And they know that. They know I'm weak. Mm-hmm. They know I'm weak. And the worst part about it is I'm the guy who's probably going to buy the non-standard edition anyway. If I don't get a code from your company, I'm going to end up getting the non-standard edition anyway because I like supporting these companies. I like to pay a little extra so that you don't have to out there listening and the company's still profitable. I'm willing to buy a special edition, but I'm going to boycott your special edition if you require, if you're going to do this launch day staggering release stuff. Mm-hmm. Is there any other games that have done it this year? Uh... That specifically, uh, nothing comes to mind. But well, any, anything that launches on Origin Access, but I, I don't remember everything that launched on that. But Origin Access, you you get access to it early, like I, you said. I, I will flip. I will give. I, I I will actually give Origin Access a bit of a shout out because I've played several games on Origin Access where you get the free ten hours to play or whatever, and just like, okay, I'm done. I don't need to play any more of this. <laughs> So that was well worth my $5. I love the subscription service model. I think that's one of the best things to come out this year. I know some people probably have that in the worst things in gaming, uh, you know. But Origins, since it's EA games and I'm generally mad at the EA games, I get to play them and be like, wow, I'm mad at this. Okay, I don't need to play this. Thank you for not charging me full price. And then it goes the same way with uh, Game Pass. You know, Game Pass yeah. giving away all the originals now is awesome. A lot of people did not get ripped off with Sea of Thieves because they downloaded it via game pass i did for yep. both the pc and the uh the non-pc version so game pass i think is a great system to get around that do you think they uh used all that sea of thieves money to go buy atlas <laughs> atlas is a complete and utter failure i can't believe what a mess that is i get that's on my list as well but atlas is basically a paid already pre a lot of people bought the season pass for the uh the 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 arc survival right mm-hmm. and this mm-hmm. was literally a uh, seems to have been I, I I get I don't want to put misinformation out there, but this seems to have been a third expansion for Ark, or second expansion for Ark. Um, it feels like that. It, no, it literally like if, when you look at the code for the game, it yes. literally it literally looks like there's code in the game that it was being developed as a an expansion. But since our, everybody already paid for the season pass, and they weren't going to make any money off of it, they decided to sell it as a standalone. And it is, a, it is a terrible, buggy standalone. How many times can these companies just, like, slap consumers in the face? I mean, they're going to keep doing it because people keep buying it. That's the, yeah, that's the problem. Absolutely. That's I'm it. I'm sure because Atlas has sales, you know? Yeah. They, I yeah. was watching Force and Stream it earlier, and there was, like, 5,000 people watching it or something like that. Uh, and it looked like hot garbage. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looked like it looked like Ark Survival, uh, but, you know, not not as good. Not as well developed, uh, and also somebody paid thirty dollars for an asset flip. Right, but the reason yeah. the reason why people are calling it an asset flip is if, if you go to a certain as a certain point in the game, I, I think you can accidentally open the character creator for Ark rather than opening the character creator for Atlas, yes. which is supposed really. to be a standalone game. But since it's literally built off the architecture and it's not that far divorced, now maybe that's you know I mean people reuse engines and reuse code all the time. I get that. I understand that. And this it had been had this been marketed as a standalone arc style game, I don't know, but they certainly didn't market it that way. No. And then it kept yeah, getting delayed, like it was supposed to launch in a, a week after the game awards, and they got delayed, and they got delayed again, and they got delayed again, and it's finally out. And now it's a clusterfuck. Yeah. It's kind of adorable. Well, um, it came out and didn't work. 
and then people gave it a couple of days and then it worked a little bit and then people found out about they were digging through all the files and they found all the assets for arc mm-hmm. there's that secret button on the menu secret buttons mm-hmm. secret it's an button. invisible button that mm-hmm. opens up a arc character creator great uh, yeah, somebody says it's a controller code that lets you open up a single-player option for ARC. Yep, okay. that's exactly yep. what it is. All right, yeah. so now that we've upset uh, the folks over at EA, we've upset the folks over that make mobile games, we've upset Bethesda quite a bit. Let's grab my favorite whipping boy right now, and that's the I folks like over out of a hat. at Activision Blizzard. Oh, God. <laughs> Emphasis on the fucking Emph- Activision. Emphasis on the Activision. So let's see what all has happened in Activision this year. They paid their... I mean, uh, they paid... Blizzard customer service representatives to quit because they thought our customer service is just way too good. Let's get rid of those guys. That was interesting. Um, Battle for Azeroth is notably, according to a lot of World of Warcraft aficionados, the worst expansion. Wow. Um, Which is saying something because the last few have not been wonderful. We have seen them basically shutting down Heroes of the Storm, letting moving a lot of the team members to other places and taking the money away from a lot of the tournaments. So and doing it quietly, all of the tournaments, and yep. so people somehow won't notice in this age of information. Right. We saw Ben Brode hit the eject button from Hearthstone, um, mostly because of that whole Shutterwalk thing. If you guys who don't play Hearthstone, you should probably not now because it's kind of boring now. Um, and the, the, the expansion that Ben Brode left because of, uh, or uh, unrelated, the timing had a combo that took about eight minutes for you to have to sit through and watch that became a tier one deck. So that was great. And then Blizzard just this last week has done something completely insane that I, I, I cannot believe this is going to put me on a 20 minute tirade. I'm sorry. What are they now, Johnny? They are. They have a big Overwatch tournament coming up, and they are tired of having toxic Twitch chat. So they have decided that in order to watch the new big tournament, you will have to tie your Overwatch account, your Blizzard account, to your Twitch account. So that way, if they ban you on Twitch, they can also take away your toys. So they're going to punish you for what you did on a completely different platform on their platform? Yes. Brilliant. Excellent. Now we've seen Bravo. now we've seen the Overwatch team make a lot of strides towards ending toxicity on their game, and I can understand I can understand the motive. I do. I don't like toxicity. There's probably somebody in our chat to- uh, right now being toxic as hell. There almost always will. There'll be somebody in the comment section who despises <laughs> us, who's being toxic as hell, and that's part of the internet. It's part of what it is. And the idea here is by taking away anonymity, we will uh, we will keep people from being toxic. I disagree with that, and let me explain to you why. Because a lot of people think I am toxic garbage. And you know where I live, folks. Okay? If you think it's keeping me, you know exactly where I am. You'll see me at E3. You'll see me at, 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 at the Game Awards. You'll see me all over the country. You'll see me right here on YouTube. You know where my house is. And I still say the things that you guys consider to be toxic. You, a lot of people are going to consider some of the things I said toxic in here. It's not going to change anything. What do you think this is going to change? What it's going to do is it's going to inconvenience everybody who wants to watch that tournament. That's what it's yeah. going to do so that you can try to keep the 1% of assholes who want to watch that tournament from being assholes. Guess what? They're still going to be assholes because they're assholes. And they're going to find a way to do it. Like, Battle.net accounts are free. They're not going to check and see if you have Overwatch if you're tuning into that. I don't even think Twitch would 
be able to do that, but it's certainly very possible to remain anonymous, right? Right, exactly. You just make a dummy account to go and troll around on that tournament. Right. What about the fact that there's so many people out there who are so toxic anyway, it doesn't change anything. They're so, uh, they're so anonymous anyway. Hey, I'm just some guy from Arkansas. That's it. That's it. I don't have a social media presence. I don't do anything else. Who cares? I can get in here and scream as much as I want. I'll just keep creating Battle.net accounts. I'll just keep mm -hmm. creating Battle.net accounts. Who cares? Who cares? Look, on the surface, this is fine with me. I don't have any problem with a company deciding, hey, we don't want this kind of you know, hate speech or whatever on our platform. We want to punish it. We want to make it very clear that this is not acceptable. Yeah, nobody's, I'm cool with yeah, that. nobody's arguing with that. Of course we want I less agree. toxicity in gaming. Of course we want less douchebags on the internet. Of course we do. This is not the end. That is, that's not the means to that end. That is not I the means to that I don't think that it is either. And I don't want to get too conspiracy theory here, but it is worrisome that now Blizzard is getting to define what toxicity is. I hope that they will do that justly. But if somebody says, well, I don't really like what they did to Widowmaker. You know, she used to be my, my favorite and now she sucks. Exactly, right? Is that toxic? Right, is, and where is that line for toxicity? Why are we letting Blizzard decide that? Now I get it, it's their service. And I, I get it's their stream. I get all of that. I understand all of that. I still don't know that I want Blizzard being the moral police. I don't know. You know what I like Blizzard as? I like them as a gaming company that makes video games. That's what I like them as. Not the yep. morality squad. I, I just, I can't comprehend it. I just, I honestly can't understand it. And I get it. I get they want Overwatch to be a friendly, fun game. And I know that. This just does not achieve that. It just does not achieve that. You know what it does, in my opinion? The more you push out these toxic people, the more they are drawn to you. The more you attack these toxic people, the more they are drawn to you. There are certain YouTubers who are literally, all they have left is, is toxic audiences because they let those toxic audiences get to them. And I, I'm a huge, I make that mistake all the time too. Uh, and, I, and when I do, when I make that mistake, it becomes more and more and more toxic because you catch more and more toxic people. And if you show that your company is weak against it, and this is what this shows, it doesn't show strength, it shows weakness then those people are drawn to your game. They're drawn to your services. They want to fight. They want to fight. Don't give them one. Don't. It's insane. It's completely insane. So out of all the things that Blizzard has done this last year. Well, uh, actually, I have a question before sure. we move on away from this. Do, do we know specifically what they have said the punishments are? Is it if you get, if you're toxic in the Twitch chat, they will ban your entire Battleland account? Will they remove Overwatch from your account? What like what do we know what they're gonna do? So uh, a lot of this is circulating off of rumors, and I will I will okay. gladly give you that Fair Activision enough. Blizzard. But and I, for all we know, maybe they're wanting you to tie your account to that to give you free skins. For God's sakes, hopefully That'd that's what it becomes. That would be much better. Please do that. That technology Blizzard. is already there for other games to do specifically that. Right. So, so let's do that. Let's do that. But it looks like, based on the people who've been circulating the rumors and the, the original statements, and the, the, I think it was somebody from the company who was tweeting about it, but who then decided to walk it back after calling all his critics anime avatars and making fun of them openly. I, don't, I can't even understand that concept, uh, why you're attacking your user base. So that's something we should definitely talk about, because it's not the only company doing that. Yeah, well, um, yeah, we'll definitely get to that. Yeah, one but, thing at a time. Right, but, but if, that, if this is what you're choosing to do with it, Blizzard, don't. There are better ways to fight toxicity. My favorite of which is rewarding positivity. Find the positive people in your community. Show them off. Celebrate them. Give mm -hmm. them away free skins. Give away free stuff. 
enjoy enjoy the positive people, celebrate the positive people. I will tell you that when I started dropping hearts on my YouTube comments for positive comments, it vastly changed the, the nature of the comments I was getting on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Because people want attention. People want free stuff. People want love. Mm-hmm. People will choose yes. to be positive. If you reward positivity, let's reward positivity. I think yes. that's negativity a much better system. already has that reward, right? But I guess it is difficult to be positive when you're a fan of the game that basically popularized loot boxes <laughs> and also is owned by Activision, who, who, which has been literally destroying the company you love, Blizzard. I, I can't imagine, Blizzard, why so many of your fans are toxic right now. I can't imagine. Ooh, okay. That was a good rant. I, I mean, it feels like people, all of these companies, they don't, they don't make games because they have a vision anymore. They don't make games because they have a passion or anything for it. Right. It's right. why all the best games this year were indie games made by small teams who just wanted to make a game. You know, they had an idea that they went for or yep. or even the AAA games that were amazing. Uh, God of War developed by people are just like, you know what? We want to put something great into the fucking world. And they did. And oh, my God. So and we should reward that. Absolutely. Those are the people that we should spend our dollars on. So go buy God of War. <laughs> Let me say for the 10th time. Hunter. Yeah. Go buy God of War. Go buy Dead Cells. Yeah, these are incredible games. Don't and buy Atlas. Don't buy FIFA twenty twenty two. And if it's got the Blizzard name on it right now, just hit pause, because <laughs> they don't know what they're doing right now. That company. I hope is... they can bring it back, but I don't know. I grew up as a Blizzard fanboy, and all those people are gone. You know, all of the people that were responsible for making those games that I love, none of them are in a leadership role. None of them yeah. are in a design or a development role. They've all moved on. They've right. moved to other things that are maybe better. But it was so. not run by Activision. So Blizzard has done something right over the years. Is, is when it comes to games as a live service, they've done pretty well. Hearthstone went really well for a while. Here's the storm, not so much. They basically coined it with the World of Warcraft, uh, getting us to pay fifteen dollars a month. You know, mm-hmm. and a lot of people want that model. Somebody's got to move their phone that's vibrating. By the way, uh, a lot of people, uh, a lot of people want to copy that. We saw Sea of Thieves decide they wanted to have a service that sold you microtransactions as well as a $60 buy-in. We got Fallout 76, who wants to do exactly the same thing. We got the usual multiplayer games, uh, you know, Battlefield and Call of Duty and everyone else doing it. What other games this year are there? Can you think of any games that, that were normally not service-based games like Fallout that decided to become a, a service-based game? Mm. Monster Hunter probably is is a, almost a relatively yeah. good example of that, right? Because how Actually, yeah, because normally what they would do is they would release a game and then they would release a second version of the game that had more content in it and you would just buy it a second time, basically. Right. But now they are releasing little bits of content throughout the year with a little bit of paid content here and there for, like, cosmetics and then, like, a paid DLC. And the problem with Sea of Thieves, of course, I mean, all the content being free, uh, unless you wanted to pay for microtransactions, right? No service, no subscription fee or anything like that. Just you buy in and then you're playing. Um, is it, a lot of these games just launch without being completed. Fallout 76 is clearly not done. Sea of Thieves was clearly light on content. And if you play Sea of Thieves now, it is a drastically different game than when it launched. There is so much more to do with so much more content and so much more fun. Um, that's This is the version of the game that should have launched. Mm-hmm. It's the current version of Sea of Thieves. Fallout 76. Last year, but No Man's Sky as well. It's a completely different game now. Right. Yeah. Yep. And, and it's, the, a, it's a real game now. 
And so that's the thing. I don't mind games as a service. Monster Hunter would be a good example that you would use. Arena is a good example that I would use. Where sure. We were perpetually buying and perpetually paying to play. I played World of Warcraft for a decade. I played EverQuest for five years. I'm fine with that business model. The problem is the base game has to be good and there has to be enough content for your initial buy-in. Either that or the game has to be what, kids? Free. See, if sure. these was free, I would have kept coming back to it. But I, I was upset. And it was free for me because I have, you know, Game Pass. But or anybody, just 10 bucks, right? Yeah. If it just wasn't a full $60 title. Jacob and I played a game called Raft, which is just a survival simulator where you're on a raft. We paid $10 for that game. And there's $10 worth of content in it. And it's going to keep getting better. They're going to keep adding more. It's an early access. And as it continues, we'll still have only paid $10, but we'll just get more and more value for that. Yep. I'm fine doing that. I don't yep. have a problem paying into an early access game if the, either it's full enough that I get my $60 out of it, there's enough game there, or right. you're only charging me $10. Right. And and so here's the thing, and this is I, I, something I think the companies don't seem to understand. There's only so many of us that can play a game, right? And so many of us are going to be dedicated to our franchises. A lot of people are dedicated to their battlefields, and a lot of them, that well, <laughs> not this season, but uh, a lot of people dedicated to their calls of duties and their our card games and, and whatever it is they want to play. And so when you launch another service, you, you, we had it with the MMORPG bubble. We had EverQuest come out and it really did really well. Then World of Warcraft just really dominated. And then a thousand companies, including EA, tried to make a MMORPG and fell flat on their ass. And now we're seeing it with live services because it's going to continue to happen because there's only so many people who, who and only so many games we can play. We're seeing it with battle royales, right? We're exactly we're seeing it with battle royales as well. And but that's just another type of live service at the end of the day. And, and yeah. so you were, we're 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 literally hitting a saturation point. And when we hit that saturation point, you guys are going to lose your asses. You know what doesn't seem to lose your ass very often? Really good story based single player games like Spider Man, like God of War. You know. Uh, those games seem to at least break even, and a lot of times they make millions and tens of millions of dollars in profit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I don't really good you, games do. Yeah. Would you call? My question is, would you say that since there is going to be continued DLC, would you call Smash Brothers Ultimate a live service game? Because it does have live service. It has an online sure. system that you have to pay for. Is that is that a good example? Is that a good example of a live service game? What are some good examples of live service games that exist right now? I think Destiny 2, or, or Destiny in general, like that franchise, but right now we have Destiny 2, where the game significantly changes every couple of months uh, based on the content that is released. Stuff like Smash Brothers or Call of Duty, where they're just kind of like releasing some skins or s- some characters, slight changes, uh, maybe not as much a game as a service, uh, but like... Destiny 2 Forsaken completely changed the way that game is. They reworked a whole bunch of systems, added a bunch of new content, uh, and the game is completely different now than it was last year. Um, somebody in chat recommends Warframe as a much better example of what, exactly what we're describing right now. Fantastic example. Mm-hmm. Now, what's the buy-in for Destiny? Um, 60 bucks, right? And then what's the buy-in for Warframe? Oh, yeah, $0. It's a big old goose egg. Yeah, yeah. so which, which is going to be the game I'll recommend on that list, right? right? Um. It, 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 again, I just really, I don't know if the companies realize that there, there is a crash coming. And I've been calling for that crash for about three years and we still haven't hit it yet. So maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like eventually 
there's only so many games I can play in a day. There really is. And I literally do it for a living. <laughs> so at some point, you just got to start. You, you, you just got to worry that the saturation point is there. I just wish they would section yeah. this stuff off to mobile games. Like at this point, just section it off to mobile games and sports games and just let me have my God of Wars and let me have my Fallouts. Is that, is that, am I asking too much? I don't know. It's a shame that those games are the rarity now, right? They're the exception. Right. It certainly is. But, you know, whenever shareholders are driving everything, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And it's why you, you have to look in smaller places to find the games that actually will give you the content that you want. Yeah. I do. I do like money. I, sure. I mean, I, right. I, mean, I get it. Go. I get it. I do like money. I get it. I understand. wonder how the stock market crash is going to affect gaming next year. Isn't that interesting? We'll see. It's really interesting. We'll have to see. So let's go back to let's talk a little bit about the marketing of Battlefield Five. Okay. If you don't like it, don't buy it. Well, okay. No one did. I mean, plenty of people did. It still probably sold a few million copies, but way less than the previous Battlefield games. And I wonder why. Uh, we also saw this. Uh, we also saw. Well, who was it we mentioned earlier that was kind of toxic in their response to to the the what Bethesda? I mean, Bethesda wasn't exactly toxic. They were just right. There's somebody assholes. else we mentioned. Uh, there's uh, the the uh, I think it was a developer, possibly a writer at ArenaNet. Yep, uh, the Guild Wars fiasco. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Though that was less about um, whether or not they liked the game. Right. Sure. That was sure. just uh, somebody being a jerk to. Right. But it all kind of does tie into this weird relationship that gamers have with the companies that make them. And I'm going to play devil's advocate here right now and say, yes, um, gamers are toxic. And I will tell you why. Because gamers are made up of human beings. And human beings are toxic. Human beings kind of suck. And since gamers are humans, we kind of suck. It, it's just, it's part of the deal, right? Um, if you've ever worked in retail at a place that didn't sell a single video game, you tell me that people aren't toxic. If you have never dealt with customers before, you, you might have register. that belief. Yeah, you, you know work, that people are toxic. Work a register for a day, for mm-hmm. a day in your life, and you will learn. So... It's not exclusive to gamers. That's just how the world is. And there is a period of time where I know, and this wasn't correct, customers are always right. It's a very difficult policy to to, to, to deal with. Customers but, are so rarely right. But if I'm running a register and I start screaming at a customer about what a piece of crap I think they are, I'm getting fired. Mm-hmm. Still to this day, for a reason. Yep. Because this is not what we do. I understand, and I think that... the industry and i think a lot of people don't get this the person with the money in their pocket has the power and they shouldn't be allowed to abuse that power absolutely right but we certainly shouldn't count out i'm not suggesting that and we shouldn't count out to toxic people i'm certainly not suggesting that mm-hmm. but i'm saying when we choose to be toxic in response we make the whole thing fall apart that's where you get your public freakout videos that's where you get somebody getting shot that's where you get people trampled during black friday this is where this it's just never the right decision how have we gotten to a point where we have developers and writers from games screaming at potential customers 
Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, part of it is that a lot of those people are not necessarily set up to be PR departments, but because they are still weirdly customer facing, they kind of have to be their own PR when maybe they don't have those skills or they don't have the training in dealing with those customers. You know, if somebody, if I take a job writing for a video game, uh, it's unfair to expect me to then also be PR. Sure. Yeah. Right. Like not everybody's going to have that. I took a job writing because I didn't want to do that stuff. Right. right. Now I'm I'm not trying to excuse anyone's behavior. I'm I'm just saying that like this and, is how it ends up happening. And yeah. I, and I certainly I certainly need to take I, I'm being hypocritical here because certainly I say stupid things on Twitter that I shouldn't be saying since I'm a internet personality. Absolutely, absolutely right. Um, and I don't know that it's always correct to fire the person who says something silly or toxic or attacks the player base. I'm not necessarily saying that either. What I am saying is there should be a certain amount of training that you should be doing if you're going to have a public persona where somebody just sets you down in a room and makes you work retail for a day. (laughs) And then it's like, and at the end of that retail day, you're like, all right, this is what people are like, okay? So just stop putting stuff out there for them because they're going to take the bait. They're going to jump on it. They're going to scream about it. and It's going to destroy our entire company. So let's not, let's not. Let's just not talk about some of this crazy shit. Let's not be toxic. And it's fine. It's fine to discuss this stuff, especially in your personal life. But if, you, if you're going to put on your little Twitter bio that I work for so-and-so and I develop for so-and-so, maybe don't represent them that way. Maybe don't represent them in a toxic way. Or, or if you do understand that, like, it's possible there will be consequences yeah. for that sort right. of thing. Do you guys not have phones? <laughs> How did you think that was going to play? He didn't, right? He didn't. That's he it. He was upset. Right. No. He he didn't understand why people were so pissed off about the game that he and his team had been working on, and that was his reaction, right? Because he doesn't have people skills, because he's not a PR guy, because he's a developer, and he was in a bad situation. I'm yeah, not excusing right. it. That was a shit, stupid thing to say. If you don't that's like how it, it happens. if you don't like it, don't buy it. We're not here to serve the people. We're here to serve ourselves. If you don't like it, don't buy it. Okay. Worst. <laughs> cue, cue curb your enthusiasm music. Right. I just, I, it's, it's just insane. And I get it. I get it. I have to deal with toxic people as part of this job. I will deal with toxic people who in response to this podcast. Sure. I look forward to the reset era thread. Uh, so I will have to deal with toxic people as part of, of, of being online every day. And they get to me too. And they make me sure. crazy too. I get Absolutely. it. I get it. But we all have to do better. We yeah, all we, have we, to do better. Yeah. We chose to be in a position where people are going to be toxic to us. Mm-hmm. And some of these people didn't. Some of these people are like, hey, I'm excited to develop a game for one of my favorite game companies. It'll be cool to put it in my bio. And then people attack them and are shitty to them on the internet. And that sucks. People shouldn't do yep. that. But and also, they blame they're them for gonna, all kinds of shit. Right. Yeah, they, they have nothing to do with. But they're yeah. going to be shitty. And we, we as a as us in the gaming community, need to understand that don't be shitty to people. Sometimes people are going to be shitty, and we need to, like, just let them be shitty and do that in their own little corner and not engage with them. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Absolutely. Exactly. And I need to take that advice myself, honestly. Yeah, you yeah. do. I, yeah. I tell you that a lot. Yep. But um, I love you. I wrote it's down. Great that you're trying. I wrote and down. I understand that it's it's a challenge, right? When somebody you know calls you a bad name or whatever, it's hard to not rise to that. It's hard to not rise mm-hmm. to the bait. It's hard not to try and respond either in kind or with some kind of you know uh, 
rationality, right? Well, oh, they must have just not understood me. Let me explain myself further. And that doesn't really help either because the person that's doing this, they're not looking for a rational explanation. Right. Exactly. And I, I think until you've really, really been in the trenches, I had a um, confrontation this summer. It was really interesting. So somebody who works for one of my favorite companies, um, gaming related, but I'm not going to out her because I don't want any hate to come her way. But uh, I said something controversial and she no. attacked me in response because she felt what I said was an attack on her. Okay. I didn't mention her name, uh, but you know, she, her values were tied. She directly. identified with it. Yeah, she had identified with the, the, the thing I said and sure. felt took as an attack. So she responded. Um, and then immediately got upset that people who saw that attacked her in response to her opinion. So I reached out to her, and I'm like, hey, can we take this into DMs? Can I give you my phone number? Can we talk about it? We don't want to have this in a public arena. No. Um, and, and so we discussed it for a while, and I think we became friendly. Not friends, but friendly. Um, and she said something to me that was staggering. Um, she's like, is this what it's like to be an internet personality? And I'm like, yep. Imagine, you know, because the thing I said that was controversial had millions of eyes on it, and they were very upset with me. And I'm like, you had a few hundred eyes on you. Imagine what it's like for me right now. And she's like, I'm sorry that that's your life, man. I'm sorry that that's what you got to deal with. I couldn't handle it for a day. And I'm like, well, I'm on year 12, you know. It just, it happens. Um, But it was just so interesting to see that, you know, I, I think until you've been bathed in that particular fire, you can't really comprehend it or understand it. And I think there should be lessons that every company taught that you don't want to be bathed in that particular fire. You don't want to walk that particular path. You don't want to do that. I wish and hire me. I will come to your company and I will tell everybody on staff why you don't want to, to, to live that life. Trust me. You know, there's some, there's some things worth fighting for. Don't get me wrong. There's some things worth fighting for, absolutely, and you should fight for them, absolutely, but it probably wasn't the marketing plan for Battlefield Five. That's probably not a hill to die on. <laughs> That's probably not a good hill to die on. That was a weird decision. That yeah. was a strange move, and what's weird is, like, did one guy who was just getting frustrated make that move, or... Did he run that up the chain of command and they were like, no, yeah, let's do it. Let's run with it. This is the direction that we want our public facing company to go. If yeah. you don't like it, don't buy it. We yeah. want to encourage people not to buy our product. Right. And it's not like he just Weird said it flex, once. But okay. It wasn't like he just said it once on stage. He doubled down on it and tripled down on it later. Yeah. Now, what else did we see happen Maybe this it's year? Maybe a cry for help, right? Maybe he's like secretly locked in some kind of battlefield dungeon where he has to continually produce content a la Sakurai. Right. And yeah. only after he just fully destroys the game will he be released. Exactly. He's desperately trying to get people to stop buying Battlefield so that he doesn't have to make any more Battlefield. Hello, it is me, Sakurai. Please stop purchasing our games. My hands hurt. <laughs> Sakurai goes the other way, though, and just keeps making the games better and better yeah. until he dies i, I mean i think that was plan the plan is. with ultimate he was just like fuck it this is it guys i'm pooping this one out now put a bullet in me right we're gonna get sakurai's <laughs> ghost into the game before we right. get waluigi so so what else happened this year oh, we, we saw sakurai's we ghost. saw telltale shut down and telltale did shut down which was interesting i still don't really understand that i thought the games were selling well 
I didn't uh, play any of them. <laughs> uh, from what I understand, it got chalked up to uh, very poor management. Yep. Right. Where they were licensing out very expensive IPs like Game of Thrones and other things in order to stay current because previously their games were pretty cheap to produce and had seen wild success because they were kind of the first of their kind. So good example for a mobile game as well. Yeah, that's, that's probably a good, a good example. Absolutely. Yeah. That's something that would work well on a mobile platform. But I think one of the problems was that they expected to continue to have that kind of success and to reach those kinds of numbers. And they didn't, but they were still deeply in the hole for all of these expensive IPs that they had tied themselves to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if they had, had produced two good games a year, I would have continued to have that kind of success. But they were trying to release like five or ten in the last year or something ludicrous. Yeah, I'm gonna have like very expensive IPs, 800 of them in in development, 9,000 of them every day that comes out. Sure, yeah, it's too Uh, much games. Nobody can play that much games. Uh, Jacob, when we were preparing tonight, you were talking about uh, crappy work practices like uh, Rockstar Games. Yeah, I I made a list of shitty workplace environmental things that happened, and Telltale was on the list. So there was a whole thing with Rockstar's bad labor practices, where it was mentioned by upper management that people were working hella overtime for no pay for because they just love making video games mm-hmm. and uh caught a lot of flack for that and he he tried to walk back the statement a little bit about oh it's just a select few of us writers and and we really are like really we want to get this game out and make sure it's amazing for all of you guys but you know it's just kind of telling of of the industry as a whole of what people are asked in the name of making sure that their game uh, makes as much money as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I say, I use the word asked, but it's a asked kind of thing. Right. Exactly. Right. It's heavily implied. They have to do it. So and back- it's a shame when those games make, you know, when they, when they do succeed, right. When rockstar does succeed and their game makes millions and millions of dollars, those people aren't seeing that or they're not seeing enough of it. Right. Exactly. I will tell you. So, um, anecdotal evidence here, but there's a company, uh, used to be known as Sony Online Entertainment. They made a game called EverQuest, and I got in good with the developers over there at EverQuest, so I got to play on the beta server, and I got to help them design stuff, and I got to know some really great people over there. And one day, they offered me a job, and I thought that was awesome. I'm gonna get to develop video games, and they, I, they offered me a certain amount of money, and I forget what the amount of money was, but considering where they were located, it would be like poverty wage like i would need five roommates just to rent an apartment in that part of california and so i'm like no thank you but the other reason i turned it down was because i had known what these developers were doing they were working 20 hour days a lot of them were sleeping in the office during crunch time just before an expansion launched um and i would literally see them on the beta server 24 hours a day they would just Go lay down for a little while, fall asleep in their chair. They wouldn't see their families. They wouldn't walk away and they wouldn't leave. And it was kind of on a volunteer basis based on the fact that there might be a pay bonus depending on how well the expansion launches. But if the expansion's not ready and you're the guy who does trade skills, you're the guy who did this dungeon, you're the guy who did this zone, and it's not ready and it's buggy and it's bad, it looks bad at you and it could cost you your job. But hey, it's a volunteer basis. You don't have to do it. You're getting paid salary. You only have to work 40 hours for that salary, but you probably should go ahead and work 120. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember one of my favorite stories, and I hope since it's 20 years ago, I can't imagine I'll, I'm going to get anybody in trouble for the story, but I've very rarely ever told it. 
But there was a developer who worked for 48 hours straight. Okay, Miss Murder. Um, and, and at that company, a developer worked for 48 hours and he killed somebody. No, and I helped him. No, okay. Um, he worked for, he worked for 48 hours straight and they were supposed to put in dailies. At the end of the day, you're supposed to write down at what you worked on and submit it. Um, basically detailing your day and what you worked on, but he had not done one for two days. And now he's so exhausted he can barely breathe. He just wants to go home and sleep for a while, then come back and do it for another 24 to 40 straight straight hours. And he has to write his end of day report. And so here's what he wrote into his end of day report. I made EverQuest. I did things that made EverQuest go. <laughs> then he turned it in and drove home. Mm-hmm. Got a call in the morning that he needed to come in and then was chastised for his daily report saying that. And like, we need to know what you worked on. He goes, I don't remember, dude. I'm so overworked. I can't fucking think. And I'm like, yep, yep. I don't think but that's that's been gaming development culture for a long time long time and for a lot of companies we see it with amazon we see it with ups during the crunch seasons but there's so many crunch seasons in video game in the video game industry that it's just part of the culture it's always been part of the culture i'm glad that we did shine a light on that with the rockstar story i'm glad that we got an opportunity for folks at rockstar to be able to take a break and to be able to relax and 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 know that the public eyes and the public pressure is there and i'm so glad that the journalists and the gaming developers and the youtubers and everybody alike all shunned that practice because mm-hmm. it was killing the people I knew at Sony Online Entertainment. It was killing them. Killing and we, we need to, to continue to do so. We have to keep talking about it. Yeah, that's, yep. that's what I was about Absolutely. to say. It's just the second we stop talking about it, they start doing it again. Yep. It, and it's important that that doesn't happen. We yep. want we love games. We want games to be great and amazing. I don't want anybody to be overworked or stressed or have uh, bad thoughts around a game that I like. That presumably they wanted to make that was going to be a passion project of theirs. Yeah, so it's important that we we keep talking about shitty Mm -hmm. workplace environments and uh, hoping to prevent that. And I yep. see you see a lot of indie developers who do that to them too. If you look at that, was the documentary about uh, Ed McMullen and Phil Fish and those guys? They were all working indie themselves to the death, right? right? Indie game the movie, okay. right? Yeah. And and like they were all working themselves to death too. And but that's the thing; it's the difference between uh, a passion, a, a passion project, a passion of love. I know Ed loves developing games. I've talked to Ed. Um, Ed does feel overworked a lot of the times, but he makes his own schedule. So he determines how much he works. I feel mm-hmm. overworked all the time, but I make my own schedule. I determine how much I work. There's not um, anybody telling right. me that you have to do this. Right, and I'm or not... It's the choice. I don't have to worry about my contract being terminated. Now, Ed does have to worry about whether or not his next game is good and whether or not it fails, obviously, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to keep him up at night, but it's a choice. He can. He's the one who determines when that game launches. He's the one who determines whether or not it's going to be delayed. He's the one who determines all of it. It's not like he's got a, a super expensive apartment out in California working just enough to support that and pay for the car he uses to drive it there every day trying to do something, you know, for a company to make millions off of. At least Ed gets that money when he makes it. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think it's different in the case of indie developers, but uh, even the indie developers right now, listen to me. You know what I would rather have than a really good game? I would rather have a delayed game and for you to be sane. <laughs> That's what yeah. I would prefer. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I would agree. much rather have you have a high quality of life that you enjoy. That's what mm-hmm. I prefer. So, um, Absolutely. 
I want to wrap this up with uh, this is a tweet that I found from somebody who is laid off of Telltale Games, and you know I haven't been able to verify if what he says is true, but I have no reason to doubt it. Um, I got laid off at Telltale. None of my sleepless nights or long hours on weekends trying to ship a game on time got me severance today. Don't work overtime unless you're paid for it. Protect your health. Companies don't care about you. Amen. Well Absolutely. said. And, and I think companies that companies don't care about you goes with the theme of right. everything we've been talking about this entire episode. Right. And I and I, I and forget that for the gaming industry for the people that are listening at home right now. Like I, I hate to go all buggy two nine eight eight on you here right now, but here's the thing, man. You only have I'll so many. It. You only have so many days of this life. There's only so many days. It is numbered in the the thousands. Okay, and you need to enjoy these days, man. And I'm for working two jobs because I've, I've I've done it. I'm for working your fingers to the bone. I've done it. I'm certainly not doing it right now. I'm living the lap of luxury right now, but I've done it. And I, and it's, it is important to build your future, all right? But it's also really important to enjoy your present. And I hope that you guys are choosing to do that. I hope that you're choosing an hour or two every day to spend with somebody you love or play a game that you love or enjoy a hobby you love. I hope you take at least one day a week to make it about yourself and enjoy yourself and enjoy your life and enjoy the people that are around you because... A lot of us make it to 60 or 70. A lot of us don't. And if you are the person who doesn't, I hate, especially if you're breaking your back for Walmart or for Jeff Bezos or for, for any of these other companies to make millions off the back of you and you never got to enjoy the, the time you spent here on this planet. That would suck. So, you yeah. know, support good companies, support good video games, and please take care of yourself, especially for those of you who listen to the gaming industry. Because I, I imagine some of you will. I know a lot of you are fans. A lot of you are friends. Um, and, and a lot of you work these companies. Don't let them work you to death, even if your game is amazing. But if you work for Naughty Dog, I want you to slave. <laughs> Last of Us 2 better be good. I want you to bleed. <laughs> Don't listen to him. Take all the time you need, Naughty no, Dog. No, you, you. I don't want you to sleep ever again. <laughs> I at uh, at uh, the Game Awards 2016, uh, just before they announced Last of Us Two, I met a couple of developers at Rockstar, and it was like meeting like clergy or like <laughs> superheroes or something. Like you, could, they were holy, right? Clergy, right? And like I was like, "See, so you work on Naughty Dogs?" And I'm like, "Yeah." I'm like, "He's like, well, I'm one of the developers, and it's like she animates Ellie," and I'm like, "She what?" What? And he's like, yeah, she she animates Ellie. And I'm like, animates? Animates? Do you mean animated? And he goes, hmm, you have to wait for the announcement to see. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit! I just found out the night before the Game Awards that they released in Last of Us 2. Oh, my God! Of course, it's coming, right? But it was like, right. it was, all right. But So if that girl is listening right now, please rest. <laughs> please. But the rest of them, make them work. Uh -huh. that, that you get to good. take a nap. Nobody else. You get to take a nap. Um, and then let's see what else we saw in the industry this year. Let's talk about YouTube. Let's talk about IGN. Let's talk about IGN plagiarizing YouTube reviewers. Right. Well, specifically so, one guy. Specifically one. Well, that yes. guy had apparently plagiarized multiple times. Yes. And uh, whether IGN knew about it and just didn't care because nobody had pointed it out, or if they just genuinely hadn't noticed because nobody had pointed it out to them, who knows? What a yeah, shit show that turned out to be. But unclear. I will tell you this. One of my favorite games of the year is Dead Cells, and I might not have heard about it otherwise. <laughs> yeah, so, that's fair. Thank you. Thank you. Guys on that game. for my news. I, uh, I, 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 I want to go back and play that game. They added just a big patch. I added a lot of content recently, is my understanding. 
they so changed think... a bunch of systems. Yeah. yeah I don't oh, want to yeah. get lost talking about good Dead Cell stuff when we're trying to... But there's a lot of it. Stuff, but there's a lot of good Dead Cell stuff going on right now. Maybe we need to do maybe we need to do the flip episode and just talk about all the good stuff. I mean, we talked about games of the year, but maybe there's maybe there's time um, in another episode uh, for sometime in the month of January. We'll talk about all the positive stuff that happened in gaming this year. That's good. Or the charities that we saw happening. money get raised, you know, and, and and gamers doing good stuff and 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 the good developers taking good care of their companies and 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 yeah, because this has been kind of a downer. But hey, it feels like I'm living in an episode of Black Mirror. I know, really. Well, hey, the good news is it's it's over soon, yeah. and then 2019 will make 2018 look good. <clears throat> Maybe we'll see. Did we did we miss anything? Any other crappy stuff that we need to get out of, off of our chests before I'm we end sure this year? There's more. Oh, there's plenty. Of, there's plenty of stuff. Red Dead but, uh, Red Dead Redemption Two Online is monetized out the wazoo. Uh, that's yeah, that was that was on my list. Was RDR two being kind of disappointing? Uh, how much people talked about Super Seducer 2 was really disappointing to me because that game and that guy deserve no audience. I will. Okay, so I actually, I put it on my worst uh, game of the year list and I put it on there because it is hysterical. It is histor- hysterically bad. Richard, I know you listen to my content and I'm glad to take a nice dump on you again after <laughs> for the third or fifth time. That game was hysterically bad. It it, it, uh, it was it was became self conscious in the second one, and they're making a third one. And here's the thing: the 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 goal of trying to teach people how to trick women into having sex with you is probably disgusting enough. It's, it's So I'm it, kind of glad that the second game moved a little bit away from that and just kind of went into parody level. Can the third game just be about cooking, Richard? Please, can we get as far away from seducing women as possible? It's it's gross. It's just it's yeah. a, it's a slimy thing, and he's yeah. a slimy guy. And that game was funny. I watched people play it, and it was hilarious. But uh, it's still at its core rotten. Yeah, the and first one is un- the first one is the first one is unintentionally funny. The second one is intentionally funny. So never play the first one if you feel like you have to buy one. Buy the second one because it's intentionally funny. Like he masturbates into a potted plant and stuff. I mean, it's pretty funny stuff. Um, funnier than that right but at its core it's still a pickup artist thing which I don't believe in it's I, disgusting if I'm going to go boogie 2988 on you again look at me I am a 600 pound toothless idiot and if I can do well with women even before I had money I know a lot of people are just going to say well you have some money now right but here's the reality I've always done okay with women and the reason being is because I don't know any pickup artist stuff and every time Richard would say anything in those games like how to trick a girl into sleeping with you I would just roll my eyes the, the way that it works is you just meet a lot of girls and then treat them like people and then eventually one of those girls will like you and then they will let you know they like you and then you date them. It's pretty easy. Just meet a lot of girls, and one of them will be like, "Hey, you're cool," and they'll be like, "You like you? you would you go out with me?" And you're gonna say yes, and then you're gonna have a really good time. That's how that works. Your dating advice sounds a lot like the advice that we're trying to get from all of these gaming companies, which is just treat others like people. Yeah, right? I, I, I mean that treat is boogie consumers like people. That is boogie two nine eight employees like people. Yeah, that is boogie two nine eight one zero one. That's my life philosophy. Be kind, be nice, take care of people, help people, help even the worst of us. And because even the worst of us can be redeemed, even the worst of us can be helped, even the worst of us have a path to redemption. Help them find the path to redemption. Be good, lead by example, don't be toxic, be excellent to each other, right? Like, that's it, that's it, you know? And to this day, 
the people that you'll see in the comments section of this just hating on me. I'm still going to treat those same people with just as much love and respect as I can muster for the person who's the kindest to me because that's how we win this fight. That's how we win this fight is through love and acceptance and kindness. And yes, there are some battles we have to fight. I get that. You know, there's actual Nazis out there. Shoot actual Nazis. But when it just comes to people being toxic on the Internet, we got to lead by example. We have to be better we have to be stronger. We have to show them that love can win. And if you show them love can win and will be rewarded, the non-crazy ones will choose love. My audience is a perfect example of that. There's plenty of people I've converted in the years. I and would I, not describe your audience as the non-crazy ones. Oh, no, there's plenty of crazy people who are definitely in my audience. But you know what? Some of them right now, some of them right now, because we humored them, because we're kind to them, because we're loving to them, because we're accepting to them, some of them, not all of them, but some of them will find their way. And good. I look forward to it. I look forward to it. Hey, I think that's, I think that's a good episode. I think, we, I think we're pretty much about done. Now, did we get any weird emails, any weird questions to the email we account? We got uh, for those a couple of you who, questions. Yeah, for those of you who are listening uh, at, on, on YouTube or elsewhere, you can ask weird questions in the YouTube comment section. We'll check them out there. You can also email us at bigbreakfast at gmail.com and ask us weird questions. And we no, will... No, 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 no. no, 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 no. Not, not that email address. What no. is the email address? The Big, big Stack, Stack Mail. Oh, yeah. Oh, hey, okay. Everybody, be quiet. Let oh, me say yeah. the real one. The real not one. A trick one. The big stack mail at gmail.com. Any of those other ones that, that they just said, those aren't real. Don't email those. We're yes, trying just, to get you. We got to weed out the real fans. Hey, fellow gamers, the big stack needs your help. Just email your credit <laughs> card information and the three wacky digits on the back to boogie2988 at gmail.com. You can email us codes to Super Seducer 2. All right, Don't you guys want a you want a weird question? Please, please, I need email me. Yeah, <laughs> email uh, me this, Batman. This is this is the question we're going to end on. All right, how long do you think you could ride an ostrich without any pants on? Wait, do I not have pants on, or does the ostrich not have pants on? Neither of you have pants on. I will crush the ostrich. So zero seconds. He might get about half a step before he collapses. Thank you, Derek, for this question. I think that based on you know what I understand about ostrich physiology, I could wrangle me an ostrich. Oh yeah, I'm right that baby out in the sunset. Yeah, before I fell off of it. Now I'd probably need some kind of apparatus to stop it from pecking me to death. But were I able to do that, I'm gonna have me a chocobo. Hell yeah, all night long, all night. All night, in the biblical all sense. night long, all night. Any other, do, do we have any other word questions? You want to do a couple more? No, that's it. That's what we got. That's what we're just going to do the one? That's it. Of, oh, okay. That's the end of the whole thing. Well, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, this podcast. For those of you who are still around on the Twitch channel, we'll hang around uh, with you guys for a little bit here before we are done. If you're listening to this on a streaming service, hit subscribe. If you're watching this on YouTube, uh, hit subscribe as well. And don't forget, we do have a Patreon right now. You can enjoy... Uh, the content that we're posting there, including easy access to every episode uh, via Patreon. Um, I know a lot of people are like mad at Patreon right now, so we're also looking at other alternatives. We will monetize this YouTube channel as soon as we can. If you want to be a sponsor of the channel directly here, um, that'll be an option. You can always support us on Twitch as well. You can support us uh, once we have sponsors as well. For those of you who 
uh, don't want to do any of that, know that you're supporting us just by listening, just by listening to the podcast well, on any service on YouTube, but dropping a like and a subscribe on the YouTube channel, know that that helps rises in the rankings and helps us with discoverability. And just by listening to each podcast, when it comes out, you are making our dreams come true and we cannot appreciate it enough. We cannot express how much we appreciate it. So guys, uh, any last closing statements, Jacob, you got anything to say? Um, no, this was a great episode. I, I like dunking on stuff, yep. and this was fun. Ellis, how about you? Nope, absolutely the same as Jacob. Well, I can't believe uh, the end of the message of, of the episode that started off with all negativity was that we need to be better and be more positive. So, guys, don't think that has been lost on us. Um, we will try to do that with our next episode, the official episode number two. Stay tuned. We'll hope to have it to you within a week. Guys, as always, thanks for watching. We love you very much. We do. And we'll speak with you again. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.